Hey guys, welcome to Spirit Pig. This is the show that explores how to live a fulfilled life. I'm Duncan CJ and today I'm speaking with Peter Docker. Peter is a man of many, many talents. I was checking out his, his bio, his LinkedIn page and it, it's crazy. Like he's enjoyed a multifaceted career that has included being a senior Royal Air Force officer, professional pilot and international negotiator for the UK government. And he's also been at the most senior levels in sectors, including, and I'm not even going to mention them all. I'm just going to construction, mining, pharmaceuticals, banking, television, film, media, and manufacturing. I mean, that's, that's a fair few of them, but I know there was a couple more. And these have been across 75 different countries. And um, he's helped run a multi-billion pound procurement project. And he keynotes all around the world, runs workshops, bespoke leadership programs. And his purpose and passion is enabling people to be extraordinary in what they do. Peter, thank you so, so much for speaking to me today. Hugely exciting. My absolute pleasure, Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, I mentioned quickly just then, um, I am, yeah, I'm, I'm on the road today, so I've got my ridiculous, stupid little call centre headphones on, and um, I'm actually recording this from a hostel in Lisbon. So, like, normally, <laughs> no, no, normally, I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty confident, you know, I know I'm going to have complete silence the whole way through, um, it's going to be nice and things. I currently have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. There's a door there, there's a door there, and anything could happen. So, if somebody Weird. runs across the screen or there's like i just apologize i'll try and edit it out but let's see what happens see yeah, how we go, go with it sounds I, exciting <laughs> <laughs> now um one of the the main topics and reasons for wanting to talk to you is um this concept of why and in particular there's a book that i know has had a profound impact on you it's had a, a really profound impact on me about i think i read it about maybe three maybe four years ago i can't remember um and it's a book yeah start with why by simon sinek and um i don't know you know you know when you suddenly you learn something or you hear something at a particular time in your life and then suddenly it's like this sort of light bulb moment and i remember start with why it was one of those books there's another book called uh, the one thing which just came at the perfect time in my life when it also had that light bulb moment but um i really would love to delve into this topic but for anyone who's maybe hearing this for the very first time and is not familiar like what's probably the best way to introduce this topic the golden circle or uh, maybe, maybe yeah. leave it to you to introduce it well let, let, let's just very briefly cover that and um... The, the the concept of starting with why that my friend and colleague Simon Sinek came up with and was published in his book and TED Talk of around about 2009 um, is very simple. And it puts forward the, the idea that, you know, everybody on the planet knows what they do, whether that's an individual or as an organization. Some of us know how we do it, what makes us different or special or better. But what Simon noticed is that it's only the inspired leaders, the inspired organizations who know why they do what they do. And by why, we don't mean to make a profit or get an income. And that's the result. By why, we mean what's your cause? What's your belief? What's your higher purpose? What gets you out of bed every day? And why should anybody care about that? And what Simon discovered was that most of us think, act, and communicate starting from what we say, what it is we do, and then what makes us different or better. But the inspired leaders, the inspired organizations, they start with why, and they say why they do what they do, and then they go ahead with how and what. So, you know, quite often we, we use um, 
the example of Apple. You know, Apple, why do they have so many followers? They're not perfect, but everybody's heard of Apple, so we use them as an example. Why is it that Apple has so many followers? You know, they're just a computer company. Um, what is it about them? And it's because of the way they communicate. You know, if Apple were like any other computer company, they would send out a marketing message that starts with what? They would say, um, we make great computers. And then they go on to talk about the how. They'd say they're beautifully designed, wonderfully manufactured and easy to use. Do you want to buy one? And you go, yeah, maybe. And that's how most of us communicate um, if we're trying to sell a product or if we're communicating to personally as well. You know, when we first meet somebody, we talk about what we do and then how we go about that. But it tends to be uninspiring. What Apple does is they start by talking about their why. And so a marketing message from them actually sounds a bit like this. They'll say, we believe everything we do challenges the status quo. We believe in thinking differently. The way we challenge the status quo is that we make products that are Beautifully designed, wonderfully manufactured, and easy to use. We just happen to sell computers. Okay, it's completely different, but all we've done is reverse the order of the information. We're starting with why instead of what. And, you know, although we're applying this in this example to an organization, a company, and talking about leadership in that sense, leadership goes all the way down from the most strategic down to the individual. You know, we have the phrase, lead our lives. And some of us can choose to lead our lives, or we can just wait for things to happen. Those who choose to lead their lives, it takes courage. And those who choose to lead their lives in an inspiring way, start with why they do what they do. Yeah. No, I think it's, it just, it just makes it, it just makes it so clear. And it's just that, that complete clarity. And when you just flip it on its head, um, it just, yeah, like you said, you used Apple and we use it, like a good example is using it within sort of the business context. But, um, I'm kind of teeing up this question. I think I know what the answer is, but like, um, that's within a business context. Is it, is that kind of where it's kind of like best you know, business or are these concepts universal? Can we apply this to our, our, relationships our personal dynamics um how we are outlook on life like is this can this be used universally absolutely you know that that introduction you you gave which when i i hear it i always think it's about somebody else because <laughs> all these different things but what combines or what rather joins all those things that you've mentioned all of those what's they i've done well there are two things um first is uh, amongst them, those things that I've really enjoyed, I've really reveled in, have been consistent with my why. Um, and you mentioned that right at the start. You know, the reason I get out of bed every day is to enable others, to enable others to be extraordinary in what they do. And that really fires me up. Um, and so when I map that across to all the things that I've done in my previous careers, the high points are when it's consistent with that why. So that's the first thing that joins them all together. The second thing that joins them all together is that regardless of whether we're talking about things I've done in my working life or in my home life, what it's about is it's about people. It's about human beings. And the power of the golden circle, um, the starting with why concept of Simon Sinek's, is that it's not psychological. It's grounded in biology. It's how our brains are hardwired. And so when we choose to start with why and work with the biology, 
then things tend to work out pretty well. And the great thing is that the biology piece, it transcends um, whether we're talking about work or home life or transcends cultures, religions, geographies, backgrounds, because it's common to all of us. All of us are human beings. The last time I checked, the 7 billion on the planet are human beings. So that's why it applies to us all. And more specifically, your point about can this apply to our personal lives? Yes, it Yes, it does. In fact, it applies to everybody right now, even if they can't articulate their why in words, because everything we say, everything we do, either adds to or takes away from our why, our cause, our belief. And when we can't put that why into words, we can't be intentional about just doing things and being things that are consistent with that why. So let's take a bring it right down to a, 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 a fundamental level. You know, uh, if you think now, Duncan, of the friends that you've got, okay, you know, why are those friends, and perhaps you, you've got one or two of your best friends, <laughs> lifelong friends, why are they your friends? You, know, you can have this as a rhetorical question for now, but um, and why are you their friends? It's actually very difficult to put into words, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and this is because the brain is divided into two main components. There's the neocortex and the limbic brain, and they map perfectly onto what we call the golden circle of why, how, what. So the neocortex is the, relatively speaking, more um, the newer part of the brain, and that's responsible for understanding facts and logic and data and also language and that maps onto the what part of the golden circle the limbic brain however is responsible for feelings such as trust and loyalty which are really rather important both in terms of friendships and in business and the limbic brain is also responsible for all human behavior all decision making all decision making and yet it's got no capacity for language Okay. Now that part of the brain maps onto the why and the how level of golden circle. So this is why, you know, we've all heard ourselves saying, yeah, I understand all the facts and figures, but it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we use that verb feel? Well, it's because the decision is being made by our limbic brain, which we all have. And yet it's got no capacity for language. So the best we can come up with is, it just doesn't feel right. Or so we talk about making a decision with our gut or our heart, but it's got nothing to do with that. It's our limbic brain. So our limbic brain is the part of the, the brain which is really in action when we're deciding who we choose to be our friends. It's the part of the brain which is in action when we decide whether we want to trust somebody or not. And this applies whenever there is human interaction, whether that is on a one-to-one basis, friends or family, or whether it's at a business level, you know, the companies that we choose to trust. Um, actually, we choose to trust them because at some level, even if we can't put it into words, it's because we believe what they believe. Yeah? So it, it, it does work at every possible level. And the beauty of it, when you can put your why into a single sentence, which talks about the contribution and impact you make in the world. Single sentence, simple language, doesn't have to be complicated. It's better if it's simple. Then it's the first place where you make your decision. You know, am I going to do that today or that today? 
is it consistent with my why? Is it going to add to it or is it going to take away from it? Then it's a no-brainer, you know, and that that applies whether we're talking about um, where we choose to shop as an individual consumer, who we choose to have as our friends, or the decisions we make at the most grand strategic level as a global company or even as a country. It applies at every level. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's um, by having that clear... Yeah, that clear sense of your purpose, your why, your driving force, then decisions which used to be maybe grey, confusing, like, oh, left or right, become black and white. It's, it's so clear. So clear. So do you think we, so anyway, people sitting at home thinking, okay, this talk of why, this talk of why, like, do you think, I don't know, like, do we, should we just know it like or do you think there's like this this little inkling we cover we kind of know it but we need that sort of clarification or does it take this lot of introspection a lot of work a lot of actually just sitting down pen and paper like getting clearer getting clearer getting clearer like or is it a whole spectrum some people maybe just it's just they've always known some people they've got to work a lot harder don't it well um the first thing is that people must choose to, if you like, go on this journey and discover it. Um, it's hugely powerful when you do. You know, I've, I've done why discoveries for um, friends of my daughter who have been in their early 20s, just coming out of university, and they then go to uh, interviews for jobs. They've been to interviews for jobs equipped with their why and hugely empowering. God, yeah. uh, and you can just, you know, start from that place. And it just completely blows away interview panels because the person in front of them is just speaking their truth, speaking about who they are and what they believe in. And uh, they're in that interview because they've chosen to go to that company for that position because they recognize that the company believes in what they believe. Yeah, and so I- why wouldn't they want to work with, with them? It's, when you see someone who kind of lives and breathes their purpose their passion their yeah. why i mean it's it's magnetic and it's so inspirational and it's you know exactly that yeah uh, and so to answer your question you uh, you know people now we, there's i together with simon and uh, my other colleagues and start with Y team we we've done lots of why discoveries for individuals and for organizations and it takes about half a day uh, and there aren't enough half days, <laughs> you know. So uh, a little while ago, um, we developed an online course, which um, anybody can can do. Um, uh, I think it's about 100 bucks or something like that. Uh, and that just covers the cost of having the IT platform to, to make it run. And it, it guides people through the process. And we encourage people to get a partner to help them dig a bit deeper and it's a process whereby you're recounting the highs and lows in your life and specific stories specific stories are really important because when we talk about specific things it generates emotional response in us and it's that emotional response that we want to tap into um, because that leads to your why and when you identify all of these stories or write them down then themes start to emerge. And those themes then start to point to what your why is all about. And then it's a case of just putting some words to it, but those generally come. And so this is a process that anyone can do. 
it will take you about eight hours and it will get you into the ballpark of what your why statement is. And it will put you in a place where you can, you can develop it and start to use it intentionally. Um, and we've also put this in a, a book, which will come out in December as well, which people can use should they choose. So it, it's, this isn't just talk. This is, this is available to people. And people can choose to learn what their why is. And then they can choose to live their life based on that. And that will lead them to feeling pretty fulfilled. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, it's, and it's, it's not some sort of one hat, one size fits all, like this is some universal, this is the why. It's, it's unique and authentic to each person. And so then once you come, once you're equipped with that and you can know what your, your driving forces you know what kind of like lights you up you know gets your belly you know going then you've got that for the rest of your life don't you so um no, totally hugely, hugely uh, and, powerful. and just on that um the words of your why can actually be similar to other people's why that's okay you know and that actually is really good because there might be a good clue there that that's the sort of person you want to spend time with um, either as a friend or perhaps do work with or whatever. But what brings it to life is how you communicate it. You know, so for example, um, my why of to enable people to be extraordinary in what they do. You know, let, let me tell, and this is a true story. Let me tell you what this looks like. Just one example. I was coaching someone who's a, a dear friend now. Um, and I remember this a few years ago now, and we'd had several sessions. I thought, I'm not getting through. You know, this isn't, this isn't working. You know, and I got to the stage where I thought, Let, let's knock it on the head. You know, let's not have the last two sessions because we're not making progress and I'm not being in service of it. And then I sat back and I thought, hang on, what's my why? My why is to enable people to be extraordinary. If I, don't commit and continue to working with this guy. How is it that that can be consistent with what I believe? You know, it, it's to stop would be wrong. And so that completely changed my perspective. And when I went back to the next call, the next coaching call, it, it was a knockout because I shifted who I was being and my approach to it because I was totally committed to making this work and being of service to him. So, you know, I tell you that story because if I just say, yes, my why is to enable people to be extraordinary, yeah, okay, nice words, great. Now let me tell you what that looks like. Here's a story. I can give you a dozen more stories, and that's what brings it to life. We love that's stories. Great. We love this. We love stories on this podcast, so feel, <laughs> feel free. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> stories completely make things alive, and um, all, all, the, all the, the, the hows and the what's you do are just a reflection. So, for example, like... Um, like you were saying how it's messing around with the words and it's still, it's, it's not like exactly there yet, but like my why is to inspire, to inspire people to live truly fulfilling lives. And whether that's through the podcast or coaching or you just interact with somebody just in the street or it, do, it doesn't matter. They're all just reflections of what drives you. Um, and so I think that's the hows and the what's are just the, the tools to what actually that driving force is and um yeah so i th- yeah no, I, your your example was crystal clear we, li- we like stories here <laughs> it's, 
yeah, uh, it just gives us a, a true north. Yeah, that's what it does. Um, I like the quote on your um, on your Twitter page. It says, um, "I believe everyone is extraordinary. Some just haven't discovered it yet." And so it's kind of helping true. helping people realise actually that you know their their sort of extraordinariness. It's not a word, but <laughs> no, no, I'm with you on that. Yeah, and this, you know. It frustrates me when I see a round peg in a square hole and people doing things which clearly isn't in tune with who they are, um, but they're doing it because they think, oh, well, this is what's expected. Um, but it, it is completely inauthentic. Generally, they're not loving it. You know, This is the interesting thing as well, linking again to biology. Um, as human beings, we are biologically hardwired to serve. Um, 50,000 years ago on the open plains um, where there were threats all around, um, Mother Nature quickly worked out that as individuals were pretty rubbish. But when we come together and work together, we're quite extraordinary. And so that's when we came together as tribes. And the first thing that happened when we came together with tribes is that we felt safe enough to go to sleep at night because somebody else was watching over us. And so there are chemicals in our bodies which are released in our brain, our limbic brain as it happens, which reinforces behaviors that support the group. And so when we're working together, when we're working well together in an environment where all, we all believe the same thing, and that would have been the definition of a tribe 50,000 years ago, people who believed in the same thing, um, it tends to work really rather well. And so we are hardwired to serve. The sad thing is that the vast majority of people, for the vast majority of their lives today, are in service of someone or something they don't believe in. And they end up going to work just to be able to get home and spend their time doing something they love. If, however, they're equipped with their single sentence, their why statement, then they can be intentional about choosing things in every aspect of their life which is in tune with what they believe. And chances are they'll be very good at it. And most importantly, they'll feel very fulfilled. The warehouse of possibility, what's that about? <laughs> um, this is something I talk about in my, my talks. And it, it, it's, it's, part of, it's part of how to take your why and put it into action. And, uh, you know, a why comes from your past. Um, and also it can be a springboard into the future. And so uh, it, it's linked to something I called, the warehouse possibility is linked to something I called right-to-left thinking. Uh, so I'll very quickly explain that. Most of us, when we're facing challenges in life or as a business, it applies at every level, um, we stand in the present and we look to the past, draw on our past experience, apply it in the present, and hopefully get a future, an outcome, what we call a predictable outcome. Okay. Now, I call that left-to-right thinking because if you imagine it, I normally show this on a stage, you know, the past is on the left, the present is in the center, and the future is on the right. So you start in the, the past on the left and work your way through to the future on the right. And that, that's a, not a bad model. It's how humankind has developed over centuries. Um, but it has limitations. It's limited by the fact that um, it's only going to give you incremental change because it's linked to the past. If that's good enough for you, then that's fine. But it's not going to give you a breakthrough. 
Uh, the other problem with it is what if you don't have a past to draw on? What if you don't have any experience in that? Then the model falls down. And so I, I give the example then of right-to-left thinking, which is where mentally you stand in the future. You stand on the right in my diagram. You stand in that future. And using, this is the important thing, using your why, the emotional connection you have to that why, the passion you have for the belief of your purpose. You stand in that future and you imagine the world that you are going to create. Not, not if, not maybe, but you are. And this is called a declared outcome, a declared future, a declared outcome. And you're absolutely passionate about it. It is going to happen. It's that emotion and passion and drive which informs you what you do in the present. And the past is of less importance. You know? So I bring that to life with an example um, of JFK, who, when he was alive, he said America's going to put a man on the moon before the end of the decade. And there was no past experience in the world of doing that. But he stood in that future. And I've seen the recording of his, his TV broadcast. And in his face, there is no hesitation, no doubt that this is going to happen. And it was about humankind. It was about America. It's about pushing us forward. Totally passionate about that. And he declared it to the world. This is going to happen. And the energy that released then played into the present, and people like NASA and other people involved said, all right, our chief of staff has said, that's going to happen, we better make it happen. <laughs> they worked out how to make it happen. And coming to the warehouse of possibility, huh, it's easier to draw this, but when, when JFK said we're going to put a man on the moon, it, it's as if he created a big empty warehouse. And this warehouse had got nothing in it. But it was that possibility. In fact, he had a little office in the corner with one man in that office. And that office was the office of the man who said it cannot be done. And he's actually a very important guy because he acts as a catalyst. And in this case, he acted as a catalyst for people to come and build their offices in this empty warehouse. The first office might have been, this is the solution of how to get three astronauts off the planet. And then somebody else came and built an office, which was, this is the solution of how to keep them alive en route to the moon. Then somebody else built an office, which was, this is how to get two astronauts onto the, the surface of the moon. Another office, how to get them off the surface of the moon and rendezvous with the command module. Another office, how to keep them safe all the way back to Earth. Another office was how to get them into orbit around the Earth again. Another office was we solve the heat shield problem, we solve the reentry problem. Another office, we solve the splashdown problem, the recovery problem. Eventually, this whole empty warehouse is filled up with all these bits of the solution. There's no longer any space for the guy who said it cannot be done, and he's pushed out the door. And at that very moment, your possibility turns into reality. That's the warehouse of possibility. And the point about it is that none of that would have been possible unless Kennedy had stood up and said, this is happening. Not if, not maybe, it is happening. So that was a grand strategic scale. Have we got a moment just to share absolutely. a personal story which absolutely. brings us right down to the individual? Yeah, absolutely. There's, I've got a son, Patrick, um, 23, he's great. And he's got a friend uh, called Dylan. And uh, Dylan, similar age, and uh, a couple of years ago, 
uh, Dylan was riding his motorbike um, back from late at night, um, back from a job uh, that he had then. And uh, we live out in the countryside and there's no street lights and whatever. It's very dark and the roads are very narrow, narrow lanes. And unfortunately, on that particular night, um, there was a car coming the other way, a Subaru Pretzner, doing 100 miles an hour, um, driven by a guy who'd been drinking. And he didn't see Dylan. And he hit him. Um, a car against a young lad on a motorbike, there's not much contest, really. And Dylan was thrown over 50 metres. Uh, his arms were broken and his back was broken. Massive internal injuries. Um, his head was almost severed. Um, but he was still just about alive. And fortunately that night, um, there was an air ambulance um, in the air. And Dylan was actually where the accident had occurred. It was outside their area and they were heading back. And they heard the call and they said, should we go? And they decided they'd go. And the paramedics um, got off the aircraft, managed to stabilize Dylan. Um, one of them was literally holding his head on. And they got into the hospital, the John Radcliffe in Oxford. And the surgeons did their miracles and managed to save his life. And quite some months later, I was driving to our little office and I went through the village where Dylan lives. And I saw him there. He was out in a wheelchair with his mum, pushing him around to get some fresh air. And he, he was sat there in a wheelchair. He had his arm in a sling. I thought, it's Dylan. I've got to go and speak to Dylan. So I parked the car, put the brake on rushed over to him and said, Dylan, fantastic to see you. How's it going? And he turned to me in his wheelchair and he said, well, he said, and his voice was very thin because the accident had cut through his vocal cord. He said, well, he said, um, it's been tough. He said, I've, I've had many operations. He said, I've just had one, another one last week where they've taken some nerves from my leg and put them in my arm. He said, hopefully I'll get use of this arm again. He said, but, you know, we're getting there. And then he said something quite incredible to me. He looks up at me and he said, in six months' time, I'm doing a half marathon. Will you sponsor me? And I looked at this broken kid, 21 years old, in this wheelchair. Had he got any experience at all of walking, let alone running? Since his accident, no. Was there any shadow of doubt in his face when he told me he was going to run this marathon? None whatsoever. Were his words complicated? No, they weren't. They were very, very simple. Did I have any doubt of his commitment? None whatsoever. I said, of course I'll sponsor you. At that very moment, Dylan created his own warehouse of possibility. And in that warehouse of possibility there's no doubt somebody there who said oh, you're never going to do that mate six months time but he inspired others who came along the doctors the nurses the physios his friends like my son patrick to help support him and it was a case of right well he signed up this is happening <laughs> get him there. Unbelievable. and some months later i was in um in dubai giving a talk and I mentioned Dylan, 
told the story. And it was a great pleasure. I was able to look at my watch. I said, <laughs> right now, Dylan is running that half marathon. So you see, Duncan, these ideas that I talk about, whether it's starting with why, right to left thinking, warehouse of possibility, leadership, it applies to us all. It applies to the most strategic things you can imagine, putting a man on the moon, and it applies right to the individuals, including you and I, sitting here having this conversation. And it's up to each and every one of us to choose to lead our lives based on why and connecting to a higher purpose, which ultimately is about serving others in our own special way and bringing our why to life. And the great thing is, the choice is there for us all. Unbelievable story. <laughs> that's so, that's incredible. Yeah, Just to finish good. up, what does a fulfilled life mean to you? You know, Simon, I think, once said, if you want to be happy, do something for yourself. If you want to feel fulfilled, do something for someone else. Um, and I'd add to that that feeling fulfilled, it equates to the joy that you feel at the end of the day when you go home. That's what feeling fulfilled is about. And you can have all the money and all the possessions in the world and you don't feel fulfilled. You can have very little material stuff and feel very fulfilled. And more often than not, what I notice is that it has a direct correlation with what we do for others uh, and how that is in tune with what we believe. So that for me is about fulfillment. And what is one thing all our listeners can do today that will have a massive positive effect on their lives? There are a number of things, but I'll go with this. Um, quite often when we're, <laughs> when we're thinking about life, whether that's our home life, work life, whatever, it's all the same really, and things aren't going as well as we'd like, our natural inclination is to say, well, he's not doing that and she, and why are they like that? It's all about him, her, they. You can get some different insights if you ask yourself this question, which is, who am I being that causes those around me to be who they are? And you just start with looking at yourself, who you are being, how you're occurring to others. Because more often than not, in my experience, the answer lies right there. <laughs> Finally, how can people stay in touch, find out more about you and your work? Well, um, there's uh, the Start With Why website, startwithwhy.com. Um, there's my little website, which is whynotunlimited.com. Um, I speak all over the world. Quite often they are uh, sort of corporate or private events, but some of them are public. I think I'm speaking in London in October, which is a public event uh, where I share these ideas. Um, and we're putting more and more resources, many of which are just free to download on the Start With Why website. It's all about how you can discover your why, um, uh, the friends exercise, which is a free exercise to do, which is an intro really to discovering your why. Uh, so we're, we're committed to, to sharing as much of these ideas as we possibly can to as many people as we can. So just look in those places. Oh, we will do. Thank you. This is 
been absolutely yeah really 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 great um some of that 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 that, that dylan story was yeah was crazy help yeah so i was just yeah just yeah it, well it, it captures it doesn't it he's it really still does. running marathons by the way he's what say he's still running marathons uh raising money for um uh the air ambulance that saved his life wow fantastic thank yeah. you thank you so much peter um yeah i'm just absolutely loved it and um really really appreciate you you taking the time and uh giving up your day so yeah thank you so much and we'll stay in my touch. absolute pleasure duncan um and can i leave you and you can include this or not but you talk about we've talked about inspiration a lot and i just like to share my distinction around inspiration what that means Quite often when we're talking about inspiration in terms of people or speakers or leaders or whatever, we use the word inspiration and charisma at the same time. You know, they seem to go hand in hand. I have a distinction between them, and that's this. If you hear somebody who's charismatic, you leave the room thinking about them. If you hear someone who's inspiring, you leave the room thinking about yourself and the possibility it ignites in you. So when we talk about inspiration, whether it's me speaking or the work that you do, I like to think about it as creating possibility in others. And that's what inspiration's about. So I feel that's exactly what you do. So keep doing it. Great stuff. And I'm delighted to have the opportunity to, uh, to help you in that journey. Thank you so much. <laughs>